0: At its best, I think grief needs to be held collectively. It's, it's too big of a force, I think, for any one person to hold in isolation and separation. And I think when we try to hold that grief, it gets sloppy. We get sloppy. We get... <laughs>
1: listeners, this is Adrian Marie Brown, writer of stories and songs, emergent strategist and pleasure activist, living in the land of the Shikori, Skurure, Tuscarora, Eno, and Lumbee peoples. And this is How to Survive the End of the World, our podcast about learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity. When I say our, of course, I'm including my co-host and sister, Autumn, Megan Brown, who's currently on sabbatical making very weird art. I'm very proud of her. In her absence, and in honor of my book, Fables and Spells, which came out last year, I'm going full witch this season and having conversations with my favorite witches and teachers, and I'll also be reading you little bits and pieces from the book. Now, what I mean by witch is people who work with the elements of the natural world, including human nature, to generate more possibilities. Witching is engaging the essential natural world with magic or supernatural intentions. Some names for what I'm including in this work shamanism, sorcery, seeing, healing, herbalism, midwifery and doula work, root work, conjuring, ritual, spell casting, astrology and divination, sound baths, altar building, song channeling building a direct relationship with the realm of spirit, ancestors, the holy, the ethereal. My guest today is someone who has been a marker on the road of this journey for me. I'm a continuous teacher from day one, a healer and co-healer. I feel like we've really been in the dance of learning how to hold and heal with each other. Um, someone who I have sent beloveds to to be like, that's the only person who can hold you. Someone who I have walked with through grief, who I have walked with through change. And her name is Mawalisa Thomas Adeyemo. And she is, I first met her through the work of Generative Somatics and Black Organizing for Leadership and Dignity, or Bold, where we got to collaborate and learn together and I was blown away by her as a teacher in a space, uh, particularly in the somatic space, where there weren't a lot of Black folks in leadership in the front of the room. And it meant the world to me to have this incredible Black body to learn off of. Um, And then I've witnessed her doing her own magnificent healing work. And now she's moved from the Bay up into the Northeast, into Massachusetts, and following love, following her heart, following the wisdom of the universe. Mawu Lisa, here you are. I'm so excited to get to talk with you. (laughs) Oh, it's so good to be here. I'm really glad to have you here. And I always start off, we always start off with, how are you today right now in this moment?
0: Mm. In this moment, I feel, a mix of butterflies for doing this moment with you. Um, I also feel the tail end of this Scorpio eclipse season. Honey boo. Um, oof, it <laughs> was, it was <laughs> Yes, that was and a rough one. I'm coming off of a day of um, fasting after a weekend mm. of craniosacral training.
1: Wow. Um,
0: and so i just had my first meal and broke fast after that day-long 24-hour situation um so i feel a lot of energy moving through me um and grateful for uh (laughs) a moment of supported discipline with my bff hermon we went in together i'm like i gotta get this I got to get my taboos in order. I got to get this fasting down weekly. Um, so she was right there to do it with me. Um, and we're going to do it on Mondays from here on out. So well,
2: that's I'm arriving
0: good. And also, yeah, friendship is her friendship is the sweetest juice on the planet. Um, and I just spoke to my son who is, um, you know, he was raised by, many, many strong women, a very queer situation. <laughs> and um, he is on his journey. He's in Colombia right now as we speak. Oh. Um, yeah, and he's on his journey, just trying to suss out and discover himself in deeper ways. And oh. I think he's trying to really learn and lean into his masculinity mm. um, in a way that I feel like I wasn't fully able to prepare him for um, mm. and also mm-hmm. um, trying to find his way into a masculinity that isn't the toxic version um, that yeah. is all around. And I just continue to put out those prayers that, you know, he finds that sweet spot in his journey. And oh, I just I told that him, like, for I can't him. control you. I can't mm-hmm. manage you. You are... You do it, honey. You go. You're a your grown skin.
1: man.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, I love that you raise this gentle giant man who's on his journey figuring this stuff out. Yeah, he really is like eight feet tall, y'all. I'm not, not <laughs> exaggerating. <eccentric. laughs> I'm like that came through your body. It you did. are so amazing. Um, okay, good. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you have broken fast and been in the commitment to yourself and I'm so excited you're doing the craniosacral training and all of that I'm like that's one of my favorite therapies Mm -hmm. um I am you know the Scorpio full moon eclipse was (sighs) devastating for me um I told you already that I lost a close friend and I think like three days into it or something, I went to read Channy just to be like, what, what?" you know, just what's going on right now? And it was like the death card and it was like just so over the top, on the nose, like it's time for death, it's time for letting go, it's time for, you know, being with grief, it's time for being with the thin veil and I was just like, this is too overt uh, for me. And I do feel like, grief is what this time is all about. Um, Like I keep, I keep, yeah, just something in my mind keeps sort of niggling around. I haven't quite found it yet, but it's like, there's something about all the grief we're being asked to hold concurrently right now that is supposed to help us discern what is healthy grief and what is unhealthy or over the top or unnatural grief that we're being asked to hold. Um, So I'm excited to be here talking with you because I know you hold the grief circles and you know, that this is something that, that the universe has asked you to be a teacher around. Um, so we're going to get into that. I, there's no mistakes. Every, I've been having these witchy conversations and each one is right on time for like something that's moving in me. (laughs) So I'm just like, okay, great. I did something. I set up like a witch school for my heart. Um, (laughs) but yeah, but I'm good. I got a physical today as well. And That was fun. I'm really learning how to navigate fat phobia in the medical industrial complex. Yes. And and really being able to hear it, just be like, that's not what's going on. And that's not what I need. And here's what I do need. You know? Yes. Um, and and then just being like, and I can't dismiss, you know, like everyone's like, just change doctors. I'm like, it's not that easy actually when you, you know, I'm I'm really interested in integrative medicine and functional medicine and places where the Western and Eastern are dancing with each other. And there's just actually not a ton of doctors who do that right now yet. Right. But the physical made me feel pretty good. Like I came out of it just like, okay, we have this wild and precious life. We're still in the game. Right. That's right. So I know that I'm using the word witch, but That may not be the word you use for yourself or for the practices that you do. And so I wanted to first start off with asking you how you identify the work that you do.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's funny, I've been called a witch. (laughs) I mean, many people.
1: I keep laughing because I'm like, moments. if we were in a village at another time, everyone would call you the witch. But now we get, <laughs> the, we get the power to choose. <laughs> so I'm like, what do you name
0: it? <laughs> How do I name it? I mean, I feel like the art of witching is really about um, embodying the divine and co-creating with the elements to manifest heaven on earth. And um, that part about manifesting heaven on earth just feels so key. And um, it it being a co-creation with the elemental forces and spirits. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, I really feel like my work is about um, healing, um, healing what is wounded and bringing rectification and justice to the conditions Mm. and institutions and social structures that really work to keep us asleep and that work um, to keep us asleep to our power and enslaved in order to build up their power. And um, so, so much of my work is really Mm. about um, being of service on the front lines of that.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, I love that. I feel like witching for me is about tuning into the voice of the divine um, manifested in all of nature. I feel like part of my work is a quote unquote witch is to be a bridge, <laughs> a bridge between uh-huh. worlds and a bridge between realities. I feel like I've been bridging things my entire life and getting clearer and clearer mm. signals from the universe and first from spirit about where my bridge needs to be located and positioned in this world, um, I really appreciate yeah. the terminology of gatekeeper. Um, gatekeeper spelled G A Y T E keeper, gatekeeper. Um, because and I really pull this from Maladoma um, Patrice mm-hmm. Somme, who did a beautiful interview way way back in the day um, about the role of gatekeepers. Um, and these were the folks that he said, you know, modern society calls them the queers, you know, the gays, the bisexuals, the lesbians, the hoo-ha. Um, Mm. but he really held, um, this energy frequency, this energy signature as gatekeepers, uh, people who were, um, ordained and assigned to hold particular gates between, um, different worlds and um, to support Mm. access um, back and forth between those worlds, whether it's bringing the petitions of us to spirit or bringing the will and beauty of spirit here. Um, Uh. So that's some of the ways that I think about. uh, Yeah. I'm a healing witch. Um, I love the inclusiveness of uh, how you are defining witching. Um, I feel like it encompasses all of that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's some of how I would describe what I do.
1: I love that. You know, I love that. I, um, I keep thinking of all the women in my life, the people in my life where I walk into their home and the whole place is an altar, yes. <laughs> you know, and, um, you're one of those people for me. So, when I met you, I feel like there was a certain aspect of this that was already, if not fully formed, then quite a well on its way. You know, there was, um, there were calls that you had already answered. And since I've known you, there have been additional calls, you know, like you keep being like, oh, wait, this this call just came in and I'm going to go answer it. And I'm going to sometimes travel. I, you know, I, I've seen you travel to learn and travel to cross thresholds. And um, so I want to go back and ask you,
0: when did you realize that you were drawn to this path? Mm. You know, my road in was at age 13 um, as a, you know, a baby Jehovah's witness who had uh, for the first time discovered through uh, a friend of mine from school, Stacy Rando, I'm going to name her because I just want to give her all the props. She yes. was the first person who introduced me to the tarot. And ah. so, you know, 13 years old, I was like, "Ooh, what is this?" And, "Oh shit, I need to hide it from my people, from my family." Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cuz it would have been You're labeled like, not some allowed, demonic but shit. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, "Okay." Um, so I found my first tarot at 13, and that really set me off on a journey of like what is this mystical magical divinatory life that is can potentially Mm. be lived and um so that really led me to um really seeking the feminine face of the divine and i Mm -hmm. you know that was like my late mid late teens and early 20s was um a journey all about seeking the goddess. I was like yes. I am over this toxic patriarchal bullshit mm-hmm. like what be in subjection to who what what are you talking about? <laughs> and it doesn't <laughs> resonate. It doesn't resonate. No. And I was hungry to find um The reflection of divinity that mirrored me.
2: um, That mirrored,
0: you know, I think that's what ultimately we're all hungry for is um, finding that divine mirror. Um, So whether it was, you know, Shekinah or um, Isis or Oshun or Yemaya, I think I first fell in love with Yemaya. I was like, Yemaya, 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 everything, woo! And um, yeah, Yeah. it was it was about listening and looking for the feminine face of the divine. And then that journey led me to a a deep commitment to being in service to the healing and empowerment of the divine feminine. Um, And which led me to rape crisis work. I'm like, I'm going to insert whatever healing gifts yeah to to counter um all the ways that the goddess and that energy has been defiled to bring healing and restoration Mm -hmm. to those hearts and bodies um, so that they can reconnect with their divine essence and inheritance um so yeah that that is really how that journey started and i also feel like motherhood was a huge initiating moment into more of my magic and more of um, the mystery of the divine feminine um mm. this was a moment where I first learned to do my own DIY spell work you know I didn't yes. teachers I didn't have many teachers or mentors back then it was really like a lot of book exploration and self-study and watching people who i'm like oh what's going on over there what are you doing over there (laughs) yeah um still that's still my favorite way to learn but yeah. yeah yeah
1: hello
3: beloved survivors this is autumn i'm emerging briefly from the new home I made for myself in the forest among the gnomes and the fae and magical creatures of all kinds, to remind you that if you listen to this show regularly, you might consider making a gift to support our work in 2024. And I'll tell you a little bit about why. Adrienne and I and our producer, Zach, have always felt strongly that we can best protect the content of our show by being listener-supported, rather than ad-sponsored. Being financially supported by the people who are most directly impacted by our show means that we can fearlessly move towards the most difficult topics, the most challenging conversations, and the most courageous edges of the time we are living through. From our Apocalypse Survival episode on the right to arm and defend ourselves, which aired in the midst of the 2020 uprising, to our 2023 ceasefire episode on the genocide being perpetrated on the Palestinian people in Gaza, we have maintained our show as a place to hold out visionary possibility with our eyes trained on liberation for all oppressed peoples. That's because we aren't worried about being dropped or canceled. We know that the people who most need to hear us can and will hear us, and that's because of you. So we want to thank you, all of you, who support our show in all of the myriad ways that you do it. And we want to invite those of you who haven't yet to consider making a sustaining gift via Patreon. In exchange, you do get some sweet, cute merch, plus access to content that we record only for patrons so you can go to patreon.com slash end of the world show to learn more um and if you're wondering if i'm coming back i'm coming back
1: i love picturing you at 13 being like "Mm, mm, 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 here's something i'm gonna keep right and i'm so curious but you know maybe that that's for your memoir, but I'm so curious about what were the factors that made you susceptible, made you open at 13, right? If it was mm. like, this was already in you waiting for just the the invitation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I. Um, Cause socialization is hardcore religious socialization. It is. is
0: but what I yeah. do. Uh, offer so much gratitude for the way that I was raised um, was first of all, just like, um, a supremacy to the -hmm. connection with spirit. Yes. Like that is, and spiritual community. That's right. And spiritual community and a, and a connection to the divine that is just unquestionable. Yeah. Um, and a real deep knowing in me that, um, I was put here to support relieving suffering. Mm -hmm, Um, And I've known that um, as a child, you know, I can remember, uh, you know, the dude coming over to cut the grass and I'm like, it's hot out there. You're sweating balls in the humid South and Louisiana on these hot days. And I need to just make the best glass of lemonade that I can to bring some relief to this sweating guy who's, you know, doing us a solid and cutting our grass yes. back there. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's already a sense of like relief of suffering yes. and, and, and being care. Fear.
1: Yeah. You know, you just also reminded me like a light bulb went off in the memory circuits for me because I have thought of my tarot journey as starting in 2012 when mm-hmm. I got my Osho Zen tarot deck, um, With a friend who then we were supposed to like get into a whole zen path but they fell off and i just started pulling tarot but (laughs) actually you're now you're reminding me that i had a goddess deck um a goddess deck that i got in college and i pulled it regularly and worked with the different goddesses and i would hang one on my mirror um, that I was working to, I was like, I had totally forgotten that whole Aww. part of my oracle deck work, and yeah, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> the goddess is <laughs> obvious. <laughs>
0: uh, um, I also so, feel like that yeah. connection with the goddess and the divine feminine really shaped my relationship to my menstruation and my blood. Oh, yes. And um, I feel really lucky. I talked to so many um, women who share the experience of menstruation. Um, And folks are struggling, you know, they're out here struggling Mm -hmm. on these menstrual streets. And, (laughs) you know, I didn't have definitely I was emotional and Yeah. My womb was achy, but, you know, I I never had this experience of like these crippling cramps and these, you know, I and I really hold that to how early I was in my journey of looking for the sacredness in even in my blood, even in my bleeding. And I remember Uh the first time I found out that, you know, the blood was what fed, you know, the unborn fetus, um, that that was all a part of what nourished that life. I was like, Oh, no, this blood is holy. This blood is sacred. This is a sacrament, you know, so I was that one who, with, you know, my friends, we would like, take our blood and create pain and paint on pictures and paint on our bodies yeah. and um, and do mm-hmm. blood magic. I remember um, manifesting my way to Nigeria um, mm. in my early twenties to be with my son's father, uh, which is where my son was actually conceived in Oshogbo, Nigeria. But I remember, um, getting a rock, receiving a rock as a gift that was the shape of the continent of Africa. And I placed that rock on my altar, um, with a $50 bill underneath it, which was like all the money that I had on my little college budget. And I took (laughs) my menstrual blood and I put it right where I thought, you know, West Africa, Nigeria was going to be, I was like there, (laughs) there. And, and then I just let it go. And lo and behold, Community came through with all the freaking cash and money that I needed to wow. get me to Nigeria. Literally $50 came out of my pocket for that entire adventure, um, which was the $50 under the, <laughs> the rock. And, and manifest, like it just, it all manifested. And that was the year that I went to Nigeria, connected with Atoba's father. Um, I remember visiting. Wow. The Oshun Shrine in Oshogbo, um, which I didn't even know how much this is a place that people journey to um, uh-huh. to uh, worship and be at the feet of um, Oshun. Um, but the waters were low that year, so I was able to walk out into the Oshun Grove and I'm like, Ooh, pretty statue, and touched it. And, <laughs> and sure enough, like a week and a half, my ass was pregnant. And I only yes. found out much later that, like you know, women will pilgrimage to this place to receive the fertility to receive the fertility yes. blessings of Oshun. <laughs> exactly, and you know, I stumbled across <laughs> it <laughs> accidentally. <laughs>
1: I love it. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love knowing all of that. Actually, that's a beautiful. I mean, there's something that I keep wanting to pull out of these conversations. And it's like, there's some intuitions that we have mm-hmm. that, or curiosities, you know, they show up in different ways. And it's like, if you follow this, it'll take you to your magic. That's right. And if you repress it, it'll just take you longer. <laughs> Cause you're going to, you're, you're, it's going to keep knocking at the door. That's right. Um, but I love this menstrual piece. I just found out a dear friend of mine has never had a menstrual cramp. And I was like, Oh, you know, there's so many things that I'm like how much of what we experience of this is because we're not allowed to respond to it Mm -hmm. and shape our lives around the cycle of it and the needs of it and the sacredness of it but are expected to like well just override it and go be in school or go be on the school bus you know I think you have such a you know I'm like because for me, my period started with an embarrassing school bus situation. Uh I'm like, Oh, like the mental setting was like, you have to be fearful of this shameful thing. And the process of reclaiming it for myself, I'm like, Oh no, this is a way that my body cleanses itself. This is a way that my body moves towards life. Mm -hmm. This is a way that my body generates. So I love you bringing that in and, I think you've started dancing in this territory. So the next question will be fun to to play with. But who would you call the ancestors in the lineage of your work? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know you said it early on. You didn't have like that formal formal teachers necessarily that came later. So I'm open to hearing, you know, both sides of the lineage, basically. Like what are the places that might be informal aspects of the lineage? And then what are places where you have stepped onto a more formal path? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'll mm. start with the informal. Um, wow. I wish I could remember all of the authors and books that I dove into um, studying. Same. Uh, <laughs> you know, Wiccan, Native American, First Nation spirituality, the medicine wheel just made so much sense to me. Yeah. Um I I really feel how I my life travels in spirals. So I mm-hmm. recognize that how many things I touched in my early twenties that I went away from and then cycled back around to them. Yep. Um so you know I can just remember um the Animal Speaks book. <laughs> I found that and was like, yes. oh yeah, this is this is amazing. Um, I remember attending uh, sweat lodges in, when I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, and mm. lodges that were held and run by queer two-spirited folk um, mm-hmm. up in Poaki and Tezuki, um, Pueblo spaces. Um, I just remember, you know, I really have to give Shunyaji, um, a lot of credit from Vedika Global. Um, Uh I don't know if she would (laughs) identify herself as a witch at all, but I learned so much healing technology, um, from my studies with Ayurveda. Um, Uh I remember, you know, groups of anarchist witches that I would, you know, go to coven gatherings with in New Mexico um, in my early 20s. Uh, They taught me a lot. Is that where you learned the songs? Many of the songs. Actually, many of the songs um, that I like to sing and share in community. There was a group of us women that just gathered once a month for a song circle um, and for something we call moon lodges. And Uh just a moment to share wisdom with each other, to sit in circle, to share songs with each other. And this was my church. Mm. Like, this was my replacement for church. Um, And I remember Mariano Just from Germany. um, Anani uh, was another sweet song. Sister Emily Bruff, who was my neighbor at the time. Um, And we just... We, we brought all these spirit songs to each mm-hmm. other and, and sang them together and learned them with each other and sometimes went and performed them out in public to Take Back the Nights and yes. Artist Against Rape Gatherings. You know, I was, did a lot of work in, in the rape crisis world and always yeah. blended my magic with my political expression. Um, it just felt like yeah. those two things, alchemizing, was really, really important on my journey um mm-hmm. so informally you know those have been my teachers and then more formally i, I feel like i give a lot of um credit to Sabonfu Somee
2: mm-hmm.
0: um for her teachings um Maladoma uh, I was reading mm-hmm. Maladoma's book um, of Water and the Spirit when I was traveling to Nigeria the first time in my early 20s when my son was conceived.
2: Oh, wow! Um,
0: his book and Ayanle Vanzant, <laughs> Spirit of a Man, were my two my two readings that accompanied me on that journey. Um, yeah, <laughs> Nana Sakara Camila, more recently, who is an ancestor now, but whoo mm-hmm. she. She was um, a co-creator with Dr. G, uh, Dr. Gerald Robinson for the soul shifting communities and um, just learned so much more from her around spiritual hygiene Mm -hmm. and so many different practices. She was just a fountain, a a whole library of information and really grateful to Dr. G for uh, co-creating that community. Um, She's a great gardener. Mm (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, we had her on as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because of you. (laughs) Oh yay. Yeah. Um, That
0: is who I'm feeling into. um, Yeah. You know, and I know that there are probably so many names that I haven't named. Um, Yeah,
1: but that's a lot. That's a nice, thick lineage there. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um. So, you know, we've touched in various ways on some of the things you do, but I'd love for you to just share with folks, like what are all the ways you do your work now? What are all mm-hmm. the ways you show up and witch and heal and mm-hmm. yeah, change the world in your way?
0: Yeah, um, primarily I show up um, in, as a somatic body worker and practitioner as um, a co-creator in grief rituals with Mama Lula um, mm-hmm. and Luana. Um, and that is all based on the Dagara technologies that were seeded by um, Maladoma Patrice Somé and Sabanfu Somme. Mm-hmm. Um, and really creating spaces for people to, you know, earlier you talked about holding grief. And okay. I really want I really want us to reimagine that, like, mm-hmm. what would it be to not hold grief, yeah. but actually to let grief continue to move through us yes. and out? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's something that we have any business holding <laughs> and, <laughs> like don't hold I that. Um, it's, we were built for that to move through us, you know, it's why we have tear glands and (laughs) it's, Mm -hmm. we, we were built for that to move. And I know that community and the presence of our ancestors and creating intentionally the space, um, for grief to emerge in all of its ways is just so important and so essential.
1: So can you make a distinction there? Can you talk about what it looks like when someone or someone's are holding grief versus when folks are, when grief is allowed to move through? Like what is what, how do you know Uh the difference or how do you feel the difference as someone who's creating those spaces?
0: Yeah. You know, I think holding grief um, is a phenomena um when people don't feel the permission and the support to and the witnessing um to to let their grieves be felt and to move out and um and to hold the grief in isolation thinking that they're the only ones.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um uh-huh. grief. I think when, when at its best, I think grief um, needs to be held collectively. It's, it's too big of a force, I think, for any one person to hold in isolation yes. and separation by themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think when we try to hold that grief, um, yeah. it gets sloppy. We get sloppy. We get- <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. It's like, I, I notice it, but I, it's like, I have to dissociate in order to hold on to something. And yes. the minute I come into presence and I'm like with myself, you know, with this latest loss, it was like, as soon as I was with myself, mm-hmm. in a bathtub with the water, you know, I was like ancestors, everyone helped me out. And yeah. it was just like, full body releasing. Yes of and resting into other possible you know I was like oh I can feel the delight and the peace of the one I love mm-hmm. and I miss yeah. so this is my thing you know yeah. like I'm like I can feel what I'm like oh this is my thing
0: yeah
1: um yeah
0: and I think I mean, some I things that. are meant I don't know if it's meant I think some things we don't have any choice in the moment but to grieve them alone yeah but i think that um, the fullest expression of grief comes in community when we are grieving with others and being witnessed and held um, by others um, as we grieve as we um, and to see that our grief is not isolated that the very thing that i'm grieving there's someone else in my community, in my circle, that's reading, um, a similar flavored thing, Mm. um, to know Mm -hmm. that the pain that I'm holding is not mine alone. Um, that's right. That is, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, really important to, to hold on to.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That feels really important. And it also feels, you know, I keep coming back, like I said, to this time, this being in time when we have to figure out how to, maybe not hold grief, so let the language, let, to let grief move through us collectively. And you've had a lot of grief teaching, grief teachers in your life. Yes. And I think that sometimes folks are like, oh, that's for those you know, those, that's for people who are over there grieving, (laughs) you know, instead of understanding that like we're in a collective cycle Mm -hmm. also where a lot has to be released in order for something else to be born. Um, And, and also, yeah, I think, I think there's, I keep thinking about as grief, having these natural and unnatural um, aspects, right. That it's like, or maybe it's you know when I'm feeling grief, that's my nature. And then there's something that happens where I'm like, I'm feeling rage, I'm feeling something else that's like this shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, so I grieve for what I thought was meant to happen, or I grieve for how I wish we were. Um, but there's something else there. Mm-hmm. Do your circles does that kind of stuff move in the circle absolutely. as well?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we get to really name the wideness of grief, um, all of the many kinds of griefs that exist. And um, it's important to name that because when we come together as a community, we're all there in different locations with our grief. And to name it widely allows each person in that circle to have a moment um, for the specificity of their grief to be seen and touched and named and uh, Mm. brought to light.
1: I think that's so beautiful, Lisa. Um, Especially something I noticed immediately in myself. And I've noticed this almost every time I have grief is trying to diminish my own grief in the, in the name of someone else's, oh. right. That I'm like, Oh, like I'm feeling sad, but this person must be more sad because you know, or these people are carrying more of a load or, you know, there's just ways that my, technology of self-control takes over Mm -hmm. and it's like get it together yours is smaller and I think what happens when I'm able to grieve in community is that there's no need for that comparison there's just the presence of the grief is enough that's the ticket (laughs) into the circle and um yeah I'm just really grateful for folks like you who are like we need these circles yeah yeah
0: yeah this really has come um on the back of losing my beloved chef Yolanda and, um, her sudden death, which actually I really must say that her death was quite an initiating moment for me, um, on my path and deeper into my magic. Um, because, you know, her transition happened while I was in ceremony. Um, and the moment we turned off the zoom of our virtual ceremony space. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting at my altar and feeling this presence come in me. And, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not one that often is like available for entrance. I'm like, That's right. <laughs> you know, I keep really good boundaries. Right. I'm like, I'm That's mostly right. not available, available enough to hear the divine um assignment but beyond that you know not so open so this energy Uh came in me and I experienced um this incredible erotic moment um of just feeling filled up with love and sensuality and sexuality and it was really wild um you know i don't i don't want to get too graphic with the description of that moment but yeah. i um i just remember like riding this incredibly erotic energy and it was to the point where you know i let it dance its way through me and then i was like something yeah. major just happened and i need oh, to wow to ground myself and, oh my God, I can't wait to go share all of this moment with Yolanda who, you know, I thought was upstairs on the other side of the house. Yeah, And, um, in that moment I discovered her, her, her body. Um, and she yes. had transitioned in that moment. And, uh, when I make sense of oh. all of what happened, I'm like, Oh, that was literally a visitation from her. Yeah. Before she left. Like, I feel like her spirit came to touch me in a powerful, erotic way. One last moment
1: Uh. um,
0: before she carried on to wherever, you know, her energy was being called to after it left its body. And that um, that just I really hold that as like one of my major initiations. You know, I've had yes. initiation since then, but that yeah. was quite a um, a door opener um, and a game changer in my relationship to the mystery.
1: It's one of the things I, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. That's, it's really, um, it's a tender and vulnerable thing. And I really appreciate it because I, I think, again, we don't hold enough. That it's like, there's this immense complexity And we barely understand it all. Mm -hmm. And it all coexists (laughs) in the same moments. And I feel like one of your gifts in this is that you're such an open, curious being. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, yes, you have your boundaries, but there's a way that you're like, I don't know, I could try that. I could mess with that. I could explore that. I am willing to, I mean, I feel it. Mm-hmm. And so let's see what this is. And I, I think that that is such a gift. You know, the next question is like, what what witchy skills do you wish everyone had in this apocalyptic time? And yeah. one of them is that, right? It's just being like <laughs> being open to like, the way through might not be the way you think.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It might be something else, right?
0: Yeah, I also wish for everyone to become avatars in their own life,
1: okay, and I'm gonna, yeah,
0: I'm borrowing <laughs> from Avatar: The Last Airbender. I was like, I hope it's that one. I it's hope
2: it's that, that one. one for sure. <laughs> it's
0: that one. Um, the Avatar, you know, was really out here to become a master of all the elements. And from the Pachacuti Mesa perspective um, inside of Peruvian shamanism, um, the way that the altar is constructed is, you know, the south and the element of earth, um, the west and the element of water, the north and the element of air and the east and the element of fire that represents the physical reality at the South, the physical body, the emotional body at the West, the yeah. spiritual body in the North and the mental body in the East. And um, for us to be good avatars out here, it's about learning to master truly all four elements and learning yeah. to master ourselves um, inside of the realities of our emotional bodies, our physical bodies, our spiritual bodies and our mental bodies. And that is a delicate balancing act to keep all of that um, in harmony, um, Mm. in service to uh, what's at the center or core of us with, which is the expression of our purpose, um, Mm -hmm. our our divine purpose. Um, But, to really like intentionally, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna attempt to practice mastery in all of those domains for the sake of yes. being the most wholest expression, wholest and holiest expression of myself. I love that. You know,
1: we're going through such an immense time and for a lot of people we're overwhelmed New spaces of healing are getting uncovered. And and yet we're still being called to bring our offer into the world, to, to offer our, our healing, our witch work into the world. And so I wondered if you had any guidance on doing the work while still in your own
0: healing journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Both must be done. Mm-hmm. Pace is everything. Mm-hmm. Pace is everything.
1: Like slowing down, you know. I don't like slowing down, girl. You know, but <laughs> and I mean, um, I was asking for a friend. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I and when I say <laughs> pace, yeah, it doesn't automatically mean slowing down, but it be it means being paced in a way where you really can fucking attuned to and tend to all the way around the Mesa, your physical health, Uh your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health and your contribution. Mm -hmm. You know, but there needs Uh to be space for it all. Like, yeah, good job. You're out here saving the world. But at the expense of, you know, feeding a fast food industry that's killing us all and not having the time to prepare your healthy right. meals at home. There's a cost to that. Um, there's a cost to, right. you know, not taking a break and receiving inspiration from nude sunbathing and the waves of the ocean um, that will give you the inspiration to go back and and, and get back in the fray yeah. to get back in the mix of things. Um to deliver your purpose work. Um, I just think pacing is essential and there is no one standard pace because we're all different out here. We've got Kapha bodies, we got bodies, we got Vata bodies. They all need different paces. Some of us grow at the speed of a tree. Some of us have a life cycle that is like, a moth (laughs) some of us are but we have to we have to listen to um and get still enough to hear our truth around that um i love that so that the work that we're meant to do um, gets to be done and we get to be healthy in it you know you're like singing my life
1: with your words right? I have been in this process right now of slowing down, maybe for the first time in my adult life. Mm. Like, I tend to do a lot very quickly and then take these like sabbaticals where I'm like, okay, now nothing. And then do a lot very, and it's still during my sabbaticals, I'm usually writing a book and then do a lot really quickly. Right. And, and then it just this year started to occur to me like, I've done a lot mm. and, what would it look like to even slow down to like just doing one or two projects at a time mm-hmm. what would it slow down what would it look like to slow down and just give myself some attention at the level of my body mm-hmm. and you know just this not you know not too it's just like slowing down to a place where I can take a deep breath mm-hmm. you know and having that be a standard because I'm like I don't even breathe deeply yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm deep sea diving. Yeah. So I really appreciate this. Um yeah, this wisdom. Okay, wait, Mawalisa, before we go, you always have the best songs and I love how spirit moves in you when you're singing. And I wonder if there's any song that you would be down to offer to to us, to our listeners.
0: Yeah. It's a song that I love to sing um, And it feels right for the conversation we had today
2: Okay Oh, I hear the voice Of my ancestors calling me I hear the voice of my ancestors calling me wake up wake up they say wake up wake up listen 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 May the rivers all flow clean, and may the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure, and may the trees grow tall. And may the earth be shared by y'all. Oh, I hear the voice of my ancestors calling me. Wake up, wake up. They say, wake up, wake up. Listen, listen Listen, listen Wow Thank you so much Shake these bones, shake these bones Shake these bones, shake these
1: bones This is so good Um, Beloved listeners, thank you for tuning in I hope you're getting as much from this series as I am I'm loving it and our show is produced by the delightful Zach Rosen Um, if you want to support this ongoing work you can give at patreon.com slash into the world show we are on instagram into the world pc thank you so much